the app, you can go to the connect button. Then you'll see sermon notes. You can click there and you'll see the notes from all of the, the sermons there. Also, if you download the app or you have Spotify, you can go back during the week and you can listen to all the messages on there as well on the app. Or if you download Spotify, if you have a Spotify account, you can listen to all the messages. Yeah, listen to all the messages there as well. But he had a secret. You know, secrets are a funny thing. You know, sometimes people say, I have a secret, but I'm taking this, I'm taking this secret with me to the grave. Y'all ever heard people say that before? I'm taking this secret for, for the gra- to the grave. Or they say, secrets, that's what deathbeds are for. You only tell your secrets when you're on your... And it's like so many people have different varying opinions about what secrets are. Some people, they love to tell secrets. Oh, girl, you can tell me. I'm not going to tell anybody. And as soon as you leave, they... Oh, Brenda, guess what, girl? You ain't never going to believe what Sarah told me. And it's like they love to tell secrets. But... Thinking about secrets, man, I would think back to my childhood. Do y'all remember the old Batman television show? Not the movies, but the, the television show, Batman. Do y'all remember the old Batman television show? I, yes, thank you, Elder Tony. He's, uh, he's strong with me. He, he knows what I'm talking about. But I remember watching that show growing up, and every single week, they would always get the Cape Crusader. Him and Robin, and they'll say, oh, no, what will the dynamic duo do this time? Tune in next week, same bat time, same bat channel. But it's always a secret weapon that Batman would use to get out of a sticky jam. And every week you would think, oh, they got him this time. There's no way Batman is going to be able to get out of this one. But sure enough, he'd go to that utility belt, and he'll pull out something, some secret weapon, to get him out of a tough, sticky jam. But he had a secret weapon. And when you ask someone successful, usually successful people, people always want to ask them this question. What make, what's your secret? How, Oprah, how did you get so successful? Jeff Bezos, the owner of Amazon, you know he's the richest man in the world. How did you get so successful? You know one of the things that he says that his secret is? He says he only makes two decisions a day. Now, I'm pretty sure that's now because he's got all these billions of dollars. But when he was building his empire, I'm pretty sure he had more than two decisions a day to make. But now he's at the point where he says, now my secret is only make two major decisions a day. And just thinking about that, 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 that was his secret. Or if it's an actress or a famous person, people will say when they get older and they age gracefully, they say, what is your secret to maintaining your youthful look? What, what, what's your secret makeup? What, what skin treatment do you use? What's your secret? Or sports icons. They ask successful athletes. I know they just had the Hall of Fame, the Basketball Hall of Fame yesterday. And they would ask them, what's your secret? And you know, the uh, 2020 national champs, the LSU Tigers, they had a secret formula as well in that championship run. You know, they had the greatest receivers that ever played the game of college football. I know all you Alabama fans can agree with that, that they had the greatest season ever in receiver. But they did one thing. They dubbed their secret the, was the summer. They dubbed the summer of 10,000 uh, 10, catches. So the receivers would catch 10,000 balls before the, before the season even started. So in the summertime, those three receivers, they would go out there and they would catch 10,000 balls throughout the summer. So when the season came, it's no wonder that they were so good because that summer they were already prepared, but that was their secret. They caught 10,000 balls the whole secret, the whole summer. But when I think about Samson, you know Samson had a secret. His strength was his hair. 
But the funny thing about Samson is his wife, Delilah, every time she would ask him, oh, please tell me your secret. And he would lie to her and tell her something. And then she would do it and find out, you lied to me. You're making a fool of me. But it seemed like at some point he would have realized everything that you told her she's doing. So don't really tell her the truth, bro. But he was so caught up that he didn't even care that it says that when he finally told her the, the strength of her hair and he cut it off, he tried to break free, but he couldn't. So his secret was revealed and his strength was gone. But Jesus, he had a secret too. You know what his secret was? The Holy Spirit. Jesus' secret was the Holy Spirit. Because people throughout Scripture would always come at Jesus. How does he do the things that he does? How does he cast out demons? How does he heal the sick? How does he do all the, perform the miracles? How does he do all the things that he do? It was the Holy Spirit. Jesus' secret was the Holy Spirit. And today the focus is, is this is, if you've uh, been reading the book, uh, The Real Jesus, the, the book, this is chapter 5. It's talking about the Holy Spirit. Jesus' secret was the Holy Spirit. Y'all say the Holy Spirit. Jesus, think about this. Jesus left the greatest place literally ever created, heaven. He left that to come into the dirtiest place, a manger. And he left all of his kingly privileges. He left all the, the, the greatness of heaven. He left that to come here to a dirty manger to be born. But guess what? He didn't come along. He waited for the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit came upon him, there's never been another man like Jesus. Because he walked in close relationship. He walked in such unity and such harmony with the Holy Spirit. That was his secret. So today we're going to dive into the Holy Spirit. Amen? Let's read a couple of scriptures about the Holy Spirit. Uh, in John chapter 3, verse 34, it says, For he's, he is sent by God. He speaks God's words. For God gives him the Spirit without limit. It gives them the spirit without limit. That's John chapter 3, verse 34. Matthew chapter 12, verse 18. Look at the servant who I, whom I have chosen. He is my beloved who pleases me. I will put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim justice to the nations. That's Matthew 12, 18. Let's read Luke 4, 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free. And the last one we're going to read before we pray is Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It reads, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, today for your awesome presence. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here. We're studying you today. We're highlighting you today. And I just pray that you just illuminate yourself and in a greater way in our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And all those scriptures that we just referenced and we just read, it talked about him waiting on the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit came upon him powerfully. All the works that Jesus did, he, just, he didn't just do them by himself. He did it with the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus constantly referenced the Holy Spirit as, the, as his secret because it was the power of the Holy Spirit. 
I hope that today that we can understand that the secret to a great life, and not just a great life, but a life walking in harmony and unity like Jesus did with God, is the Holy Spirit. Amen? I want us to catch that today, that the Holy Spirit is what we need. More than anything that we need, the Holy Spirit is the one singular thing that we literally cannot live without. It's the Holy Spirit. So today I'm going to give us five ways to see the secret manifest. So we're going to look at five ways that the secret of the Holy Spirit was manifested in Jesus's life. We're going to look at five ways. And the first thing, if you're taking notes, is the Holy Spirit was the secret of his relationships. The secret of his relationships. It was apparent to everyone that Jesus had unusual access to God. Everywhere that Jesus went, people were amazed and in awe of the things that he did. And they realized really quick that how in the world is he doing all the things that he's doing? But you know, his disciples had a close connection to him and they realized that it was his, it was his close proximity or his relationship with God that he was able to do all these things. You know, God was, Jesus was so connected with God, it's like he was connected to Wi-Fi. You know, when you're connected to Wi-Fi, you can get on the internet and you can search all types of things. But when you don't have Wi-Fi and you're in a bad area, you're like, man, I can't connect to anything. You feel disjointed. Like, man, I can't do what I want to do because I'm not connected. But Jesus was so connected with God that he could literally tap into him at any point that he wanted to because he walked in such unity and such relationship with him. And the disciples recognized this, too. Because think about all the things that the disciples saw Jesus do. What's the one thing that the disciples asked Jesus to do? He said, can you teach us to pray? Teach us how to pray. Because they realized that, hey, there's some secret that Jesus, every time we go on a mission or before we go out, he says, you go, but let me stay here and go pray. Let me go build up my strength. Let me go spend time with the Father before I go out and perform these miracles because I need to connect with the Father, with God the Father. And Jesus, he said, you know what, disciples, you come to me, you ask me, how do I pray? I'll tell you how to pray. And Jesus, he did. He went on and he showed the disciples a model of how to pray. But at the end of it, he told them this. He said, but he gave them a model to follow. And then at the end of Luke 11, he said, and the Father will give you the Spirit. The Father will give you the Spirit. What he means is that, yes, I want you to go pray. I'm giving you this model to pray, but even with that in praying, you still need the Holy Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit that gives you the power to do the things that God has called you to do. And Jesus said, I can't do anything that I'm doing without the Holy Spirit and without that close relationship with the Father. He had close fellowship with God. If you want to talk to God and you want God to speak to you, the best avenue to do that is through the Holy Spirit. There's been times in my life where I felt like, God, I need you to speak to me. I'm, I'm in a desperate situation. I, I'm, I'm confused. I need direction. I need wisdom. I need clarity. God, can you please speak to me? And you know what happens? It's the Holy Spirit that begins to speak to me. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. That same connection that God had with the Father, it was possible because he allowed the Holy Spirit to direct him and to guide him. Amen? So the first secret to Jesus is the secret of his relationship. The second thing is, is the secret of his precision. The secret 
of his precision. There's never been a more precise person than Jesus. There's never been a more precise person than Jesus. J. Barton Payne estimates that Jesus fulfilled 574 prophecies. Just to get one prophecy right is amazing. 574. Do you realize the preciseness and the accuracy that the, the, a lot of the things that were written were obviously written before Jesus was even born? But he came and he fulfilled every single prophecy that was ever spoken about him or that he ever prophesied himself. Everything came to pass. That takes a great deal of preciseness to be that precise that you don't miss the mark not once. How many times do we try our best to be precise and we, got, we have checklists? And we go over our checklist two, three, four times, and okay, I got my checklist, and then I have my backup checklist, and then I have my backup, backup checklist, and then I'm gonna make sure that I go through everything one thing at a time, and I'm gonna check off my, and we still miss the mark sometimes. But Jesus was so pre precise that he never missed the mark one single time. Every step, every conversation, every appointment, Jesus never made a mistake, he didn't miss the mark. He was even precise about selecting his disciples. There was nothing that Jesus didn't do that he wasn't, uh, he wasn't intentional about doing because he knew that I have to be precise in everything that I do to fulfill the things that God has called me to do. Jesus, he had precise timing. His timing was so precise that when he went to visit Lazarus, he went at the just the right moment. When everybody thought it's over, oh, Lazarus is gone. He gone. Jesus, if you would have just came earlier, he would have made it. And he said, no, I came at just the precise time. His timing was precise. When Jesus turned water into wine, think about it. I love that story so much because that was the first miracle that Jesus performed that launched his ministry out. But his, he said his mom came to him and was like, hey, they ran out of water, the wine. He said, that's not my issue. I don't care. Pretty much he was saying, I don't care. But his mom said, she said, he said that his mom said, okay, do whatever he says. But then he realized that, hey, I need to listen to my mom. And he obeyed her, and he got the pictures, and he turned the water into wine. It was his precise timing. He knew that, oh, this is the mark. This is the chance right here. He was precise in his timing. He was precise in his wording. He was saying truth for billions of future believers. Think about that. Jesus knew that the words that he would speak over 2,000 years ago would still be just as relevant today as they were then. And his word is still true today as it was when he first spoke it. That's the only one person that can have that great of authority that his words will live forever. Think about it. We live and breathe on Jesus's word. It's his truth. He was precise about his wording because he knew he had to phrase it in the right way that it could preserve time and that it was accurate and it represented and reflected God. How many times do we miss it with our wording? Oh, we say, oh, man, I should have said it a little bit different. Oh, man, if I just would have articulated it just a little bit different. But no, Jesus was precise in his wording. He was precise in his interactions. Think about all the countless interactions that Jesus had in the Bible. And we're just highlighting how precise he was. And all of it was through the Holy Spirit. But think about how precise he was when he went ahead of his, his disciples. And we talked about this, I believe it was Wednesday, with the woman at the well. He sat down there and he waited on her because he knew that through this one woman, an entire village will be saved. 
he was precise in his interactions. Also, he was precise in his interactions with the rich young ruler. There are so many lessons that we could learn from the rich young ruler. And I just love that he was precise about his interactions, that those things were highlighted in the word. Think about how many interactions Jesus had that weren't accounted for in the Bible. But the Bible wanted to be precise to give us exactly what we, what we needed in order to get a great glimpse of how we should live our lives. Amen? He was precise in his interactions. He was also precise in his relationships. He was precise in his relationships. He was precise with the disciples he chose. Like I said, he was intentional with them. He was precise about even selecting Judas who would betray him. Because even Judas was a part of him reaching his destiny of going to the cross. He was precise in his relationships. You know what else he was precise in his relationships with? He just didn't let anyone hang around him. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, he knew that if people were around him, it was for one purpose only. It was to glorify God. It was to point them back to God. And when Jesus was in relationship with someone, it wasn't just to hang out and to be buddy-buddy. It was like, no, there's purpose in this relationship. And I just take that, that, man, we should be precise in our relationships. When we have relationships, we say the ultimate goal of this relationship, yes, we hang out, yes, we have fun, but the ultimate goal is we're trying to get closer to God. Amen? He was precise in his relationships. Jesus didn't lead the Holy Spirit. He followed the Holy Spirit. We want to be the boss and drag the Holy Spirit along and call him out when we need him. That's what we do. We say, I'm going to go out and I'm going to live my life. You watching online, you may have done that too. You say, well, I'm just going to go out and I'm going to live my life. But when I need the Holy Spirit, I know he's there for me to help, to call on for help. That's not how it works. We don't just call him along and drag him into what we're doing. We allow him to lead and we follow. That's what Jesus did. He allowed the Holy Spirit to lead him and he just did everything that the Holy Spirit would instruct him to do. And that is something that we could take account in our lives. We have to examine, man, in what areas of my life am I just dragging the Holy Spirit along and just say, okay, I done got myself in this mess. Holy Spirit, you got to bail me out now. I know I've done that before. And I say, you know what, let me, backstep, let me backtrack a little bit and say, you know what, Holy Spirit, I repent. I wasn't leading. I'm sorry, I was leading. You weren't leading. Have the way in my life. Have your way in my life. You lead the way. Jesus modeled that to perfection. He was precise in his leading of the Holy Spirit, allowing him to lead his life. Amen? The secret was his precision. The third thing was, it was the secret of his wisdom. The secret of his wisdom. How many of us need wisdom? Do you need wisdom this morning? At the age of 12, Jesus was in the synagogues and in the temples debating rabbis. Grown men that have studied scripture, that have in today's time went to uh, seminaries and all these things, at 12 years old, he's in there debating them. That's how much wisdom he had. At 12 years old, he was in there debating them. They would always try to trick him with questions. You know, there's never been a person that's tried to be more, that, that, that people have tried to trick more than Jesus. They always tried to come up here with some slick way, oh, we're going to get them this time. I could see them in their huddles, in their little, in their homes or in the village squares, wherever they were, and they were huddled together. Yo, how are we going to trick Jesus? Because everything we keep saying, he keeps figuring out and he keeps amazing us. But I ain't going to lie, he's amazing me too with the stuff that he's coming up with, but we got to, y'all, we got to get him this time. Like, what, what, what are we going to do to trick him up? And they would come up with all types of things. And I'm pretty sure that, that one time it's like, oh, this is the I got him moment. Let's bring him a coin. And let's ask him, 
who sh- should we pay uh, taxes to Caesar or not? And he's, they bring him the coin and he says, who, should we pay taxes to Caesar or not? And I can see him leaning in. We're going to get him, y'all. This is it. This is it. And he says, well, who faces on it? He says, Caesar. He said, well, give what, it's the, give what is due to Caesar and give to God what is due to God. And he says they walked away amazed at his response. Man, I thought we had them, y'all. And they went back to the huddle. What are we going to do this time? How are we going to get them this time? And then they asked him this question. Perhaps, you know when people say perhaps, they're trying to trick you. Perhaps. Perhaps a woman was married seven times to seven different brothers. In the resurrection, who will be her husband? And he says, the problem is you don't know scripture. Got him. There will be no marriage in the afterlife. In the resurrection, there is no marriage. And they were like, man, I, I just knew that one was going to get him. I just knew that one was going to get him. But there's so many things that he would, they would try to, to trick him with. Okay, so you know all the scriptures. What's the most important commandment? What, what's the most important commandment? If that's the one you want, he said, love the Lord as your God and love your neighbor as yourself. They had nothing. They walked away. Why? Because they were always trying to trick him, but they couldn't trick him because he had ultimate wisdom that came from the Holy Spirit. He had wisdom from the Holy Spirit. They even tried to trick him with the woman caught in adultery. They dragged her out there in the middle. And I'm pretty sure it was one of them that conspired to get the lady to get her caught up to bring him out there. And he said, okay. He says, he, he without sin, cast the first stone. And one by one, they all left and walked away. And she was just left there standing with him and her. And he said, hey, woman, where are your accusers? There are nowhere to be found. And I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. What is that? Wisdom. The secret was his wisdom, but his wisdom came from the Holy Spirit. How many of you could use the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to know how to respond in certain situations? Man, you know what the Holy Spirit is like and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit? It's like having Google 100% time. You know, if you don't know something, you could just Google it and make yourself feel so smart. I know that's what I do. Somebody could be talking about something, and I'm like, oh, let me Google it real quick. And Google, it takes that 2.3 seconds. You got the answer right there. Oh, it was this. And like, oh, how'd you know that? Well, you know, I just know a little something, you know. It was Google. It was Google all the time. But Google is like, that's our cheat sheet. That's our secret is Google. But guess what? The Holy Spirit is the one that gives us wisdom. We need the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom. More than we need Google, we need the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. We need the Holy Spirit. It was the secret of his wisdom. Fourth thing is this. It's the secret of his power. Y'all say power. The secret of his power. Jesus had explosive power. He had power over the weather. He had power over creation. He had power over demons. Let's look back and rehash some of the power that Jesus displayed. He had power to control the weather. No other person can say, peace be still, and the storm stop. He didn't scream at it. He didn't yell at it. He just said, peace be still. Bam, instantly, storm stopped. He had control over the weather. Peace be still. He had power to resist elements. You know, there are certain laws and there are certain elements that you just don't defy. One of them is walking on water. 
just go out there and try to go in the swimming pool or go to the Mobile Bay and try to walk on water and see how that works out for you. But he had explosive power that he defied elements. That he says, I know you're not supposed to walk on water, but guess what? I'm going to walk on water. And not only that, but he called Peter out of the boat and had him walking on water too. That's the power of Jesus. His explosive power. His power. He had the power to resurrect the dead. You know, we could pray for the dead. We could do all these things. But without the power of the Holy Spirit, nothing's going to happen. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. It was the secret to his power. It was the secret to him restoring human bodies. He healed crippled hands. He cured people of leprosy with issues of blood. So many things he did, but the power came from the Holy Spirit. He had the power to be transformed. He transfigured in front of his disciples to the point where they were like, oh, my gosh, we're about to die. He literally transformed his, he transformed his appearance in front of them. And then this is the one that I like the most. He vanished from a cliff when they were trying to kill him one time. They had him cornered on the cliff, and it was like that uh, Batman. Uh-oh, how he's going to get out of this one? And he says, go, go, gadget, vanish. And he called on the Holy Spirit, and he vanished. And he was gone. And they're like, well, wait, I know he was, just, he was just standing right here. Where did he go? That was his power of the Holy Spirit flowing and working through him. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. He had the power to know what people were thinking. There's so many times he says, I know your thoughts, or he would speak their thoughts, and they're like, wait a minute, how do you, how you know what I was thinking? Why? It was the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus knows our thoughts. You could try to, oh, nobody knows my thoughts. Jesus knows your thoughts. It's the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through him. In Luke chapter 4, verse 14, uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 10, then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly throughout the whole region. When you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, you will begin to walk in your full potential. I believe that we limit ourselves and what we walk in because we don't tap into the power of the Holy Spirit. It says that when he was filled with the Holy Spirit's power, reports about him spread quickly throughout the whole region. What does that mean? That means that you can accomplish way more through the power of the Holy Spirit than your own strength. We need the power of of the Holy Spirit. And some of you, you may feel like you're watching online, you may feel like, man, I feel like I'm not reaching my full potential. I feel like there's so much more that I could be doing in my life. And you probably can. You just need to tap into the power of the Holy Spirit. Tap into the power of the Holy Spirit. So that was the fourth thing, the secret of his power. And this is the fifth and final thing. The Holy Spirit was the secret of his ministry. The secret of his ministry. You know, we could pray for people to get healed and nothing happens because we have no power to heal. But when the Holy Spirit flows through us, power and healing immediately flows through our hand. You know, as I'm up here preaching to you right now, I'm relying on the power of the Holy Spirit to help me minister. There's not one single time that I preach or I share anything that I don't rely on the Holy Spirit to flow through me to be a vessel that he can use. Because I don't want to get to the point where I get so prideful, I feel like, well, I know it all. And I could, no, 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 no. I rely on the Holy Spirit. For me, ministry, I can't do ministry without the Holy Spirit. I can't make one decision without the Holy Spirit. Jesus, he realized that I need the Holy Spirit to do ministry. To do the things that God has called me to do, I need to tap into the Holy Spirit. And that was the secret to his ministry. 
Think about how many times Jesus was used by the Holy Spirit in his ministry. It was the, the, the apex of his ministry was the Holy Spirit. If you're going to be like Jesus, we have to use his underlining secret. It was the Holy Spirit. So we're talking about the Holy Spirit, and I feel like we, we can see the, the secret to Jesus' success was the Holy Spirit. But there are certain things about the Holy Spirit that we have to do in ourselves. The first thing that I feel like we have to do to, to hone in and to truly cherish the Holy Spirit is to honor him. It's to honor the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus was super protective and guarded of the Holy Spirit. You can't just allow yourself to view, listen to, and watch all these different things and feel like you're not going to grieve the Holy Spirit. We have to honor the Holy Spirit by what we see, what we say, what we think, what we watch, what we listen to. We have to honor the Holy Spirit and say, you know what, I'm going to guard you and I'm going to protect you. You wanted to make Jesus mad? Talk about the Holy Spirit. You want to make Jesus upset? Talk about the Holy Spirit. And there was one time when the Pharisees, they said, the reason you can cast out demons is because you're filled with demons. And I could, boy, I could see Jesus' face. To, ooh, they, they, boy, they, they talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm going to have to get them. And he finally folded up his hands and got his hands real tight like he was about to hit them. He's like, you know what? In Matthew eleven thirty-one, 31, this was his response. Jesus, he didn't play about the Holy Spirit. You know, like back in the day, one thing that could cause you to fight was you talk about my mama, my mama jokes. This was like a mama joke to Jesus. Don't play about the Holy Spirit. I'm fighting words. Oh, we go, you talk, we about to fight. In Matthew 11, verse 31, when they accused him of being filled with demons, that's how he cast them out. Jesus said, so I tell you, every sin and blasphemy, blasphemy can be forgiven except blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, which will never be forgiven. Anyone who speaks against the Son of Man can be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven, either in this world or in the world to come. So what he was saying is, don't mess with the Holy Spirit. You can talk about me all you want. That could be forgiven. You start talking about the Holy Spirit, that can never be forgiven. He honored the Holy Spirit because he knew just how important it meant to him in the success of, uh, of him accomplishing his mission. If you want to be successful in accomplishing your mission, honor the Holy Spirit. Honor him. Another thing that we could do to truly cherish and, and, and show the Holy Spirit that how much it means to us is we can follow him. Remember we talked about earlier, a lot of times we follow ourselves and we just drag the Holy Spirit along with it. But I feel like every day when we wake up, we should just spend a few moments and say, Holy Spirit, thank you for letting me arise today. Holy Spirit, lead me today. I just want to follow you. Whatever you, what conversations you want me to have, I'll have them. The people you want me to talk, I'll do it. Whatever you want me to do today, I follow you. I submit to you. I surrender to you. Constantly, we should always allow the Holy Spirit to know you're in control. I'm following you, not the other way around. So we honor the Holy Spirit. We follow the Holy Spirit. And the third thing we do is we trust him. We trust the Holy Spirit. Trust that he's there. Do you really trust that Jesus is there with you? Do you really trust that the Holy Spirit is there with you? Because think about how many times in your life where we'll question God. God, are you really there? Trust that he hear you. Hear you. How many times you say, God, I've been, I've been praying for this for years. Do you really hear my prayers? How long will I suffer with this? 
sickness. How long will I go without this? God, do you, do you even hear me? But we have to trust that the Holy Spirit is there and the Holy Spirit hears. We have to trust that his presence is around you. Everywhere that you go, you have to know I'm protected by the Holy Spirit. That no, that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Do you truly trust that he will protect you? Or do you always constantly live in fear that something bad is going to happen to you? You know, there's some Christians that are afraid to move and that fear paralyzes them because they truly don't believe that the Holy Spirit can protect them. The Holy Spirit, you have to trust that he'll protect you. You have to trust that he'll provide for you. That's a big one. Some people feel like I could trust God to heal me. I could trust God to be saved, but I don't think he can provide for me. I don't, you know, that, that breaks my heart that people feel like I can't trust that God can't provide for me. So they feel like they have to go do X, Y, and Z to provide for themselves. But all they're doing is putting more stress and putting more worry and anxiety on themselves. And they're breaking themselves down. And they wonder why they have so many physical ailments. It's because you got too much on your plate. You're trying to provide for yourself instead of trusting that the Holy Spirit will provide for you. Do you trust that he will provide for you? You're watching online. Do you trust that God will provide for you? Will the Holy Spirit provide for you? Yes or no? Which one are you going to choose? Yes or no? Do you trust him? Life can be hard at times, and life may not always go the way that we want it to, but we have to know that God and the Holy Spirit will deliver each and every time. Trust the Holy Spirit, y'all. So we honor the Holy Spirit, we follow the Holy Spirit, and we trust in the Holy Spirit. That is the secret to doing everything that you want to accomplish for God. Do those three things. You honor him, you follow him, trust the Holy Spirit. I promise you, you will live a life that is so fulfilled, far beyond whatever you can ever hope or imagine. Just by those three things alone. The Holy Spirit is your secret weapon to living in this world. All the decisions you need to make, all the plans that you have, all you have to do is tap into the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will guide you and lead you if you allow and if you trust. It's the Holy Spirit. Everything that Jesus taught, he taught through the power of the Holy Spirit. He never did one thing in his flesh. Never did one thing in his flesh. It was all through the power of the Holy Spirit. And you know what else the Holy Spirit does? This is one of the greatest things I love about the Holy Spirit. It convicts us of sin. You know, some people, you don't have to know what's right or wrong because the Holy Spirit will tell you you're right or wrong. He'll nudge you and say, you know what, that attitude, that response, that, that, that's, that, that's not right. That, that's not right. The, that, the way that you're labeling that person, that's not right. The way that you judge, that's, that's not me. The Holy Spirit will convict you of sin. He'll give you an opportunity to repent each and every time as well because he's merciful. And he's gracious to us. But the Holy Spirit is literally everything that you need. He'll keep you on the right track. You say, well, how do I know if I'm getting off? The Holy Spirit will let you know. He'll let you know real quick. <laughs> That's wrong. Out of line. Get back in track. Oh, oh yeah, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm straightening it up. What is that? That's relying on the Holy Spirit. I think y'all catching what I'm saying. Y'all catching what I'm saying online? We need the Holy Spirit to lead 
our lives. More than a person, more than any, we need the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. We need the Holy Spirit, and let's just take a few moments, and let's just call on the Holy Spirit. I just want everyone just to, just to lift your hands and out of your own mouth, just call out and just tell the Holy Spirit how much you need him, how dependent you are on him. Holy Spirit, we desperately need you. There's not any area of our life that we can honestly say that we don't need you. We need you in every single area of our life. And Lord, today, I just pray right now that with a sincere heart, with a contrite heart, with a humbled heart, that we can declare our allegiance and our dependency upon the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, have access to any area of our life. Lead us and guide us. Let us not lead ourselves, but let us follow you. Let us honor you. Let us honor you with our lives. Let us honor you with our words, our decisions, and our purity. Everything that we do, let it be a life that's honoring to the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, we follow you. No longer will we take the will and we'll gain control or demand control, but we'll relinquish control so we can follow you, so we can follow the steps and the plans that you have for all life. And Holy Spirit, we trust you. More than ourselves or our own intellect or our own thoughts or even our past experiences, we trust you, Holy Spirit. We trust you with our future. We trust you with our present. We need you. We're just calling upon our dependency upon you right now in this moment. And I just thank you right now that you've given us a greater sensitivity to hear your voice, to know when to move and when to stay, to know when to speak and when not to speak, to know when to go and when to stay. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you've given us a greater sensitivity to hear your voice, to feel your touch, to feel that nudge, to feel that halt. Greater sensitivity to you, Holy Spirit. And anything that would hinder us or draw us away from you, please point it out and remove it from our lives right now. Lord, we don't want anything in our lives that would hinder us, that would stagnate our relationship with you, that would keep you from flowing in our lives. Remove it from our lives right now. Make it crystal clear the things that you have called us to remove and to let go. Some of the things we know we've been holding on to, and I pray right now that we let go and relinquish the things that are causing the Holy Spirit not to flow in our lives. And I thank you that freedom is coming right now. And as freedom is coming, that your sensitivity, that your voice is getting louder and louder as we follow and lead you and trust you. We thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. And before we close, I want to give an opportunity to you watching online. If you're in the room and, man, you're just in a place where you feel like I'm not allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and guide me at all. And I don't even have a relationship with God. But I want to give an opportunity for those online or in the building that you want to come to a right relationship with God, that you want to live for God and you want to follow God with all your heart. I just want to ask everyone just to very reverently uh, bow their head and close their eyes. And I'm not going to drag it on. I'm not going to try to pressure you. This is just a decision between you and God. I just want to give the opportunity for you to come in right relationship with God right now. And if you would like to spend eternity in heaven to know, to reassure yourself that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, that you're right with God, I want to give an opportunity for you to come into relationship with God right now. I'm going to just ask everyone, if you're watching online or in the room, just to place your hand over your heart and just repeat after me and say, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you convict of sin 
And today, right now, this Sunday morning, I lay down my sin. I repent of my sin. I repent of my shame. And I thank you right now that you're washing me clean, that you're making me pure, that you're making me holy. I thank you, Lord, for forgiving me of all of my sin. And I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise. And if you made that decision to follow God online, just put a comment in the comment section. Let us know that you made that decision to follow God. Uh, man, thank you so much for joining in. Uh, this was week two of the secret to Jesus was the Holy Spirit. If you're prepared to give, you're watching online, you can do so in a couple of, way, couple of ways. You can download our app. You can give on our app. Or you can go to our website, newlifemobile.org. And you can give. There's a link there. You can give online as well. Well, we love you guys. We hope to see you this Wednesday for prayer. Bring someone with you to prayer. But also, we'll be back here next Sunday, same time, 10 a.m. for our week three of The Real Jesus. We love you guys. Hope you all have a great week. We'll see you all next time. Amen. <laughs>